Mud Stories, Episode 14. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. We have trained our brains to need the quick validation, the quick like, the quick retweet, and we have lost our patience for listening for God's approval. We replace that, that need in our heart for approval, which is okay, there is nothing wrong with wanting to feel significant and valued and approved. But we are getting it so much from people that we aren't pausing long enough to listen for the love and approval that is already ours through Christ. Instead, we hit the refresh button to see who's liked our latest blog post or our latest witty um, status update or our pictures. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey friends, welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast. Today I'm talking with my friend Jennifer Dukes-Lee, a storyteller, grace dweller, and author of the book Love Idol letting go of your need for approval, and seeing yourself through God's eyes. It's the book she's written for anyone who needs to know they have nothing to prove, but are already pre-approved because of Christ. Jennifer lives on a farm in Iowa with her husband and two daughters, and she blogs at jenniferdukeslee.com where she loves to tell the story of Jesus and his love. In this episode together, we discuss our tendency to look for worth and validation in the reactions of others, how each of us longs for acceptance, and how the loud roar of social media makes it harder for us to hear God. Jennifer shares some practical tools to wrestle down and slay this love idol, some ways to help our kids in the struggle, and how we can love others out of the approval we've already received from God. If you've ever struggled with perfectionism, comparison, a need for approval, or the feeling of not being enough, this episode is for you. And I can tell you, it was certainly an episode for me. Jennifer is one of my favorite people, and she shares today with such authenticity and grace, as she always does. For us to know that we are not alone in this struggle, she's in it with us, and together we can know for certain that we are already pre-approved, all because of Christ. Enjoy. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the Mud Stories podcast. I'm so thankful you're here. And I am thankful to be here. This is so fun, Jackie. I love your podcast, and it's really just an honor to get to be a part of this today. Oh, well, I'm thankful because of who you are and how you're writing. And really, I think your very life reflects the love of Christ, at least to me. And I can say that because I know you personally. Um, I know it personally. And um, your life, your work, your friendship has just touched me in deep places. And I'm pretty sure I'm probably not alone. So that means that means so much. It's uh, I hope and, and pray that my life and my words glorify God. Well, you've written a book called Love Idol. Letting go of your need for approval and seeing yourself through God's eyes. And while this podcast is not necessarily a podcast about reviewing books, this book 
was born out of your personal mud story. And (laughs) (laughs) really, it it was, right? And as it's gone out into the world, it's impacted so many of us because I think this issue is really universal. And so I'd love for you, if you can, start at the beginning, share with us the background, your history, how this Love Idol mud story of yours began. Well, uh, Jackie, I grew up in a home where I did not have to earn the approval or the love of my parents. And, you know, there are many people that pick up my book and that whose mud stories began in a home where they did not know the love of their parents. And so, but I had sort of firstborn tendencies and <laughs> felt that I had to perform well and, and do all sorts of things to earn the love and approval of people around me to sort of feel significant in this world. And I'm not even a firstborn, but my brother and I came much later than our older siblings. And so grandpa always called us Mm. the late hatch. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I was the firstborn of the late hatch and had these firstborn tendencies and was a very high achieving uh, child. Uh, The straight A student always wanted to have the right answer. And um, at the same time, there were plenty of things that I wasn't good at at all. I was sort of the last kid picked for recess games, was scored baskets for the wrong team once in junior high. <laughs> um, just, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of a klutz, kind of a, you know, didn't have all of the, the parts of me that I wanted to be perfect, but really tried to focus on what I did well. And my parents would always say, you know, you don't have to do these things. You don't have to get A's for our approval. They recognized it from a very young age teachers recognized it from a very young age. I had a teacher um, when I wrote my autobiography in, um, it was sixth or seventh grade. I don't know if you had to do this when you were in school, Jackie, but we had to write autobiographies. And mine was, uh, we were to write a letter um, detailing what we wanted our future to look like. And I said, in a very detailed form, that I would be a psychologist. I would be a book author, which I find interesting now. That I would marry That's a very great. handsome man, which I did, in fact, marry a very Aww. handsome man, and that I would have twins, uh, one boy and one girl, and I would live to the ripe old age of 105 years old. I love that. You know, I can relate to what you're saying about high achieving, yes. straight A's, perfectionistic. Um, that I am a firstborn. Yes. And so for me, you know, it was that typical pattern of a firstborn child. And like you, I had it all dialed in. I was going to be a pediatrician when I grew up. I was going to be going to medical school. And, you know, why be a nurse when I could be a doctor, you know? Well, now I'm a nurse, you know? (laughs) Because at the time, I didn't really understand what nurses did. And I also didn't understand the implications of, you know, choosing a goal like that and all the extended education. But I can relate to what you're saying about having that innate drive. And don't you think that our kids, as they are born, God gives us an innate personality and an and a innate drive to be a, an achiever in a different way than maybe a, a different laid back personality and all their strengths and benefits to that. You know, we, God gives us these personalities. Absolutely. Yeah. You can see that in our, in the glimmers of who we were as children and what our, yeah. the, the desires of our heart were. Mm-hmm. And those I believe are God placed desires of our hearts, but they can get so easily twisted around in this broken world that we live in and that we can tie so much of our own significance and value to them. And you know, that letter I was telling you about that two page detailed letter on the back of it, I got an A plus of course. Of course. Just like I wanted. 
But the thing was that the teacher said to me, Jennifer, be careful. You have your life all mapped out. But do you know what the word perfectionist means? I see signs of perfectionism in you. And what you need to remember is that there will always be tomorrow. And it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time. But I came across that letter, you know, 25 years later and thought, wow, she nailed it. But she really nailed it. And so, you know, this whole idea of, of approval and wanting approval, it, it can come in many forms. It can come in somebody who's always sort of gotten their way and and been the perfectionist and the A student and the homecoming queen. And you keep rising higher and higher to achieve some new le- level. And at some point, you're going to fall. At some, yeah. you're, at some point, you are going to fail, and you're not, you maybe aren't even going to know how to deal with it. So, so it can happen for the perfectionist, but it can also happen to the person who just feels like they have never achieved anything in their life mm. and felt significant in any way. They've never really felt the love of their father or had a good group of friends. They've been, you know, maybe felt overweight or unattractive or marginalized, marginalized. Exactly. That all of those not enoughs that any of us face and feel inside of us, whether we're a perfectionist or not, it really all boils down to this feeling of not being enough in this life. And so my, my whole life was like that. I tended to be a lot of times the person that you would see was the one who was kept climbing the ladder of success. And, um, you can be at the top of your game but still really live in a mud story. You know what I'm saying? You may, it may Oh, I do. It may I do. look like you are far, far out of the pit and far out of the mud and that you've got it together, but your heart is hanging down in that mud. Well, and don't you think the misconception is that it, the, the people who feel like they've been marginalized or maybe had an unfortunate beginning in their family of origin or maybe abuse or some kind of exploitation, they may look at overachiever type people and think, well, they never feel not enough. Or or those people who are overachievers might not realize that no one sees that they feel that they're not enough. It's it's sort of like a universal thing. It's a human thing. It is a human thing. And, yeah. you know, it really it, sometimes, you know, and I know this isn't about the book, but I'm going to, to talk about the book for a second because sometimes but it is because <laughs> this is your med story. That's true. You know, sometimes people it is. Will come, into, to come to the book and say, I don't know if approval is my issue. But I think once we all begin to look at our lives, no matter where we are, how much any point in our lives where we're saying to ourselves inside of ourselves, what are people going to think of me? Mm-hmm. That is where that is a sign of a mud story. That's a sign of wanting to have, you know seek the approval of people. It's why again and again in Scripture, you know, God is warning us against the fear of man and how sometimes we fear man more than God. And it says in Proverbs twenty nine twenty five, the fear of man is a snare. And so I had my feet high upon the ladder of success in journalism, in my marriage, um, at least on the surface. Um, but on the inside, I was tired of climbing. And um, fear of man was so much a snare. And eventually it pulled me down into the mud where I realized um, I have been looking for love in all the wrong places, like the song goes. Yeah. And I just think... I'm just so moved by you even speaking right now because I'm thinking of all those times in my life where I've wanted the approval. And I think this is a thing that exists in our minds and in our hearts that we don't really talk about. But each interaction 
we come to, it is like an undercurrent that is existing in our heart of, I wonder how I'm going to come across. I wonder if I'm going to be accepted. I wonder if they're going to think, you know, highly of me, you know, even down to what color should I highlight my hair? What cut should I make? What outfit should I pick out? What, how are my kids going to be behaving at this event? Um, What's my husband going to think if I say this versus that? I mean, it's, it's everywhere, Jennifer, this, this need to feel validated and to feel like we're accepted and we're okay. Absolutely. And I think that um, while this is a longstanding human problem that, you know, clearly is detailed clear back in, you know, thousands of years ago in scripture, both in the Old and the New Testament, it is exacerbated in this day and age right now by social media, of which I love. I love social media. I oh, love, I would so agree with you. That's how we were connected, right, Jackie? And that's how I was connected with so many people who might be listening on the other side of this podcast today. I love social media, but we have trained our brains to need the quick validation, the quick like, the quick retweet. Mm-hmm. And we have mm-hmm. lost our patience for for listening for God's approval. We replace that, that need in our heart for approval, which is okay. There is nothing wrong with wanting to feel significant and valued and approved. But we are getting it from uh, so much from people that we aren't pausing long enough to um, listen for the love and approval that is already ours through Christ. Instead, Mm -hmm. we hit the refresh button to see who's liked our latest blog post or our latest witty um, (laughs) status update or our pictures. And and it seems oversimplified maybe to say it like that, but I think social media is just one very real tangible example right now. Um, You know, or, you know, walk down your local grocery store aisle and, um, you can just feel like a constant failure, like you can't even get your Thanksgiving turkey right, and you need to lose 10 pounds before the fa- the, the family reunion, mm-hmm. and you step on your scale and you feel that way. It's just life overall, whether it's our, you know, our, our, our minds or our bodies or our um, cars or our homes or our children, we can just look at our lives and just feel like, you know what, I'm just not person enough. I'm not mother enough. I'm not cute enough. I'm not skinny enough. And, you know, I really, when I was down in that mud of this, in my own mud story of wanting the approval of people in my life, just absolutely weary. That's the point where I, I, I was like, God, I have just had enough of the not enoughs. I'm just done with this and show me how to get yeah. out of this. Show me how to get out of this need for the pe- for people's approval. And I went through years of not writing anything at all. Um, probably about 10 years ago, just and really did a lot of study on this and really identified this issue of approval. And during those years, I came across this verse in, in uh, where Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.15. He writes, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. It wasn't that we work hard or pretty ourselves up so that we can present ourselves to a spouse or to our coworkers, or even to Bible study partners, but to God alone. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. And so that began a real journey, a sort of, it was like a rope out of the mud. (laughs) It was a way to be lifted up and out of this and into truth and back to the cross 
which is, you know, really, Jackie, the, the biggest act of approval and validation known in the history of the world, that somebody would love us and approve of us, not always of our behavior, but who we are as p- created people of God, that he's willing to die for us. And so it, it really is as simple as coming to the cross, I think, in order to get out of the mud of wanting people's approval in our lives, people whose approval we may never get on this side of heaven. Well, the thing is, God wants us to present ourselves to him approved as in he has stamped us righteous because of Christ. And so it's really nothing that we can do as far as a list, like a to-do list, but it's something that he gives out of his generous love to us and that we need. He gives us a choice to accept his free gift and he stamps us approved. He seals us with the Holy Spirit when we invite him in, when we accept him. And I think it's looking to him for that approval that is the struggle. Mm-hmm. I, it was interesting you were talking about social media because I I had watched for several years on Facebook and Instagram how new authors would send advanced copies of their new-to-be-released books to influential people in their lives. And they would be people who could maybe spread the word or had uh, an influence that was more widespread than other people. And I'll be honest, I would watch those new books that I so wanted to read um, pop up in pictures on social media. And each one that I would see, it would almost be like a, a stab at my heart, like you weren't chosen you didn't get picked. Your influence isn't enough. You aren't, quote unquote, in, in the in group. And so for several years, I would watch all of that. And I would, I had purposed in my heart, if I ever get to a place of influence where somebody wants to send me an advanced copy of their book, I'm certainly not going to Instagram and Facebook to make people feel bad, which I'm going to come around to the end because I have some new conclusions about that. But what I wanted to tell you is God really started working on my heart about this message of pre-approval, even through this social media situation. And he used you and your book, Love Idol, to make such a difference to me in this way. And this is how I think God meets us in really deep places. If we're looking for him, if we're really seeking after him with our whole heart, he promises to meet us right where we are. We don't have to arrive to some amazing place before he, you know, throws us a rope in our mud. We don't have to climb halfway out and he meets us in the in the pit, just like Psalm 40 says, in the miry pit, he meets us there. And this is what happened with me because Your book was the very first advanced reader copy Mm. book that I received in the mail. And the day that that book showed up in its little brown package from your Tyndale publisher, inside that package was this message, Love Idol, letting go of your need for approval and seeing yourself through God's eyes. Mm -hmm. And in that package was a necklace. And that necklace said, Mm -hmm. pre-approved. And I just began to cry. And it was like God met me through the arrival of that silly package in the mail. And he said, you know, you've struggled with this issue about advanced reader copies for, you know, a couple of years. Like you are seeking approval in all the wrong places. You've missed my message to you. And I'm going to use 
the message that Jennifer has written to be the very first advanced reader copy that you get. And you're going to wear this necklace around your neck and you're going to be reminded that I meet you in these struggles, that you are pre-approved no matter if you get an advanced reader copy and can Instagram it or not. And um, this is a message I want your heart to hear. And I chose this message to be the first one that you receive, not because you're in, not because you're good yeah. enough, but because I am. And and I tell you, Jennifer, it changed everything. And, you know, in my immaturity, as I as I struggled with this, I now realize that people are sent advanced reader copies because the publisher wants to spread the news about a right. book. It's more of a marketing tool, more than a, a selection or you're in. But as a young writer who wasn't really familiar with the publishing industry and just was making connections on social media, it, it wasn't something I really understood. And so I really struggled when I got your book, I was like, well, I have to hold in my convictions. I'm not going to Instagram this, you know, I'm not going to, you know, Facebook it. And and I ended up writing a, a blog post and, um, you know, Facebooking about it a ton. And, and, you know, maybe I need to reconsider that, you know, stuck in the, the stone kind of idea of it's against my principle, because it really is a, a publisher's generosity to share something early so that we can help more people learn about it. So it's really a good thing. Yes. So I'm not saying it's wrong to share on social media about advanced reader copies at all you know and I was just in my immaturity and my lack of perspective you know I had come to that premature conclusion but I will say it's made me more mindful of how I share and how it might make others feel and while we're not responsible for the feelings of other people we are responsible Mm -hmm. to them to love them Mm -hmm. and reflect the love of Christ in whatever way we share whether it's on social media or in our living room with friends or over dinner or, you know, whatever interaction we have. And so this message is very dear to my heart that you've written, not only because number one, I struggle with it, but number two, God really met me through it. And, and in the future days as I read your message. And so I, I love that you mentioned that about social media because I can resonate with that. I think it's true. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's something that finding that approval, just like Second Timothy says, presenting ourselves as approved, really it's the work of Christ that allows us to be considered approved in God's eyes. And he initiated our approval from the beginning by his great, great love for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, uh, um, th- that idea of being in, in Christ, we are already in <laughs> And, and we're called that what a great privilege to be in the in crowd. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the in crowd with Christ and, and with the Christ, thing is, yes. there, it is not a closed table. This is a table where there is always a seat no. open. And one of the great privileges of being a follower of Christ, of someone in the in crowd is that we continually invite others in to the beauty of his love and approval, that it's an unending invitation that um, we can invite as many people as we want and that we can share what we have learned in the mud and, uh, and our way out and that he, we just can continue to, to, to share what it means to really be in that in crowd. I, I think it's just absolutely amazing that yeah. the message of enough that God sends to us from the, from the cross. And, you know, on the other side, back yeah. to your 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 questions and your comments here about um, these advanced copies. 
from my end of it, Jackie, it was so interesting to write the book and to send that book out to influencers and to people um, who would hopefully Instagram it. <laughs> I was a fail. <laughs> no, 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 no. But on, on the other end, here I am. I wrote this book in relative isolation with no feedback, really, until I sent it to the editor. Right, because the whole year before any of this happens, you're living the message by writing it, right? I'm living it by writing it. And every day, like... I'm typing out a word. What are people going to think about about this? What will they? Th- what What are the mm. Amazon ratings going to be? Knowing that all of a sudden I am going to face a very public um, sort of approval or disapproval of the message, yeah. and that was very that was very hard. I had to stare down the love idol every day when I was writing it, and then when I was sending it out, you know, who would who do I send it to? What if they don't? Uh, you know, Instagram it or write about it? What if they don't like it? You know, Mm -hmm. what if people who I've asked to endorse the book just really don't care for it? Mm -hmm. And the message that God kept um, speaking back to me, and I hope this means something to your listeners, wherever they're they're at, whatever they happen to be called to do Mm -hmm. on this day, it's not going to always be writing a book, right? Right, But whatever they're called to do, I pray that this can be something that they can take away from our conversation. Because what God said to me was, Jennifer, I have called you to an act of obedience in writing this book. And it is my message that I am giving to you. And I am in charge of results. Jennifer, you are in charge of obedience and I am God. I am in charge of results. And so whatever looks like, quote, success or failure, whatever is a five star or a one star belongs to God. Mm. That is his deal. And I'm not saying it's... um, fun when I've seen, you know, some, some reviews that have been just sort of, you know, kind of mediocre, um, uh, or, you know, I haven't had any terrible reviews, but I suspect that there will be at some point. That's just, that's just the reality of putting yourself out there like this. Yeah. But even more than being able to survive the mediocre reviews and the, and the reviews that haven't been so flattering are, are the fact that I've been able to survive the really good ones. Yeah that I haven't let the praise of man um, impact me because that is God's praise. If if the book is to be lauded or applauded or liked or valued, this is God's message the way that it was downloaded to me. And, um, you know, I, I, I did my best to be a steward of what I felt God was, was saying to me. And I, I pray and I continue to pray every single day for women and men who read this book that it would it would touch them in in whatever way they're facing uh, issues of approval today. Well, and I think what you're saying is it's so important to surrender the results to God because he really gives us messages. He gives us purpose. He gives he prepares the good things in advance for us to walk in, just like right. Ephesians 2 says. And whatever it is we're we're compelled to do, what he's you know, impressed upon our hearts is our calling, whether it's, you know, changing diapers today or writing a full book or, you know, serving somewhere in the in the dark secret places that no one's ever going to see. We do it to honor him, not to get approved by him or others. Mm-hmm. And so there's a section in the book that you talk about because I want to transition into the practical ways that sure. we overcome this approval seeking in our lives. And, you know, there's much more information about it in the book if people want to investigate it more. But to practically uh, just take the hat off of how this really gets walked out. Take 
take the sure. roof off of the house awesome. of living in this way. Um, you write in your book, before I stand on my own two feet in the morning, I need to stand up tall on the inside. I need daily injections of gospel truth to immunize my flawed humanity. Instead of returning to Bethsaida, I preach the gospel to myself every day before I rise. My comforter wraps around me like a prayer shawl. Dear God, help me get over myself today. And getting over myself is the only way of getting more of God. If we come to the end of ourselves, we need to stay there, for this is the sacred place where Christ's daily renewal springs forth. I love that. And mm. I I just want to know from you, how do we practically come to the end of ourselves? How do, how, what does that look? I mean, I'm laying in my bed in the morning, about ready to get up. Maybe it's a day I don't want to face, or I just don't even know where to begin. There's so much to do. I'm overwhelmed. I don't feel like I'm enough. I'm worried nobody's going to accept or approve me. What do I do, Jennifer? What in your experience have you found to be practically helpful? Sure. I'll give you several. And some are things that I do right away in the morning and others are things that you can do as the day goes on or even over a period, make it a, a practice every day or every week. But the first thing before I ever get out of bed is very much like what is spoken about. It always looks like that in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're focusing, your eyes cannot look ordinary, usually in two different directions at the same time. So if both of my eyes are focused on God, they're not on myself. So if I make God the priority, the first thing before I even step out of bed, we're already, you know, we've already taken an important first step. So the first thing that we always need to do is remind ourselves what God says about us mm. and, and um, that God wants to fill our need for approval and love. And so to say that, you know, all the approval that I've ever wanted, Lord, is actually an already mine. God, you say that I'm beautiful in Psalm 45, 11, that I'm beloved. You say this in First John 3, that I'm known, that I'm already loved, even when I was dead in my transgressions. And just speaking and preaching truth to myself about who God says I am is a great immunization for um, our want of other people's love and approval. Have you made a list of those scriptures, of those pre-approval statements because I'm just guessing maybe some of us aren't as familiar maybe where to find them and it would be so helpful to have that as a resource that would be wonderful and I don't know um, Jackie if there's a way that I can provide some of those for you or I do have quite a few of them listed um, in the pre-approved chapter of the book oh great okay um, you could wonderful look look at those as well but um, it's like, I've already been forgiven. I'm already a co-heir with Christ. I've mm. already been chosen. And I wish I would have known that when I was a little kid on the, I on the know. playground, that kind of thing. Right? I know. Okay, so the, 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 the scriptures are just rich with um, rich. this message of, of pre-approval. And so then. So remind ourselves of what God says. We're going to eyes focused on God. Yes. Okay. Remind ourselves. That's like the first thing. Okay. And then, um, the next thing is, you know, sometimes if you, if you identify places where approval, other people's approval is really important to you, you might want to, um, fast from it. Ah, uh, I love it. Approval fast. Okay. So after you name it fast it, so like 
I, um, my daughter and I, um, Anna and I gave up mirrors for 46 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter. And I really don't have like this vanity Mm. thing. I don't, that's not one of my big issues, you know, like how I look, but I, but it was more really a metaphor for just, (laughs) you know, not looking at myself, like literally not looking at myself. My mirror was covered with words of God's truth over us. I I had, um, little posters put up on our mirrors that said words like pre-approved, chosen, beloved, beautiful, chosen. And um, for 46 days until Easter morning, those were the words that Anna and I were looking at. Instead of our own reflection, we were looking at words that reflected who we were on the inside. So that was a very practical thing to do, but it doesn't have to be, you know, so extreme. You know, I know that some people just have to sort of set limits on social media if that's where they're going to feast Mm -hmm. on approval. Uh, Maybe you have to give it up for a day or a week or decide I'm only going to look at social media during these times. So not looking at mirrors, that must have been life changing. I mean, it was, it was, or dangerous, you know, mascara with no mirror, that could have been frightening. (laughs) Even more dangerous was relying on my farmer husband to tell me how I looked in the morning, Ah. you know, this this guy who wears John Deere um, caps and, and uh, Carhartts is like, Hey, you look great, babe. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And that was Jackie during a period when I had done more speaking than I'd ever done in my whole entire life. Because that was right right when your book came out. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm out, I'm on stages and, and leading retreats without having looked in the mirror. So, (laughs) but it was was just a great metaphor for Mm -hmm. what the message is of the book that who am I really reflecting? You know, there's a mirror on the front of the, of the book. So, you know, I wanted to reflect him, not with my looks as much as I just wanted to reflect him with my whole self. So, Okay, a possible approval fast. Okay. Yep, that's one. Um, Another thing is um, to risk a subpar performance. So what I mean is to try something new that you've always wanted to try, like um, running a 5k or taking a painting class, even if you'll if you believe that you're going to perform with mediocrity even if you believe that you might actually fail or make a fool of yourself. And because the moment that we stop fussing over the opinions of others, that might be the moment when we actually start living. And then you know that you're doing it just for the sheer joy, not for what people think about how your art looks or your blog post looks or Mm -hmm. or your pictures look, that you're doing it just because you want to just grab life by the horns and just enjoy it. Just enjoy who you are and the gifts that you've been given and just go have some fun for once. And so that's, that's another risking a subpar performance. Another is to um, what I call being a charity ninja. It's um, (laughs) doing good deeds in secret without applause or without any approval that no one would ever know. Um, you know, being so secretive that your left hand doesn't have a clue what your right hand is doing, right? Right, right. (laughs) And then just sit back and enjoy the freedom of your approval free zone, because there's going to be nobody except for God saying to you, well done, good and faithful Mm -hmm. one. Um, And um, another thing that is really um, helpful is to go out of your way to celebrate others' successes, particularly those people who you might maybe be envious of, um, to stop comparing and envy is at the root of so much of our approval seeking. So, um, to realize, um, especially in the body of Christ that we're on the same team and our mutual friend, Lisa Jo Baker, she Mm -hmm. says it like this. Um, she says, it's never a competition in the kingdom. It's always a co-op. 
Yes. And so I really think that we would uh, be a healthier body if we picked up pom-poms to cheer one another on yes. instead yeah. of, um, you know, sticks and stones. So figuring out ways to cheer other people on in their successes, because if you're celebrating them, then you're not, you know, criticizing them or self-condemnation on yourself for right. not achieving what you had hoped for. So Well, and even that happens in our mind. And so don't you think that sometimes we act our way into a feeling? Yes. And and you can't be acting, doing something and thinking the opposite in your mind. So in a way, it's, you know, this action of giving, cheering, you know, is a way to captivate thoughts and to practice self-denial. Yes. And I, I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Tim Keller calls it the freedom of self-forgetfulness. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're focusing on God in the morning and other people throughout the day as much as we can, you know, yeah. and God throughout the day, you know, you do all these things and you do experience the real freedom of self-forgetfulness. You're focusing on what God says about you and, and you're, 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 you're doing those things that you want to do, risking a subpar performance, just enjoying your life, celebrating the good things that other people are doing. And what that is doing too, and this is really critically important here, I think, is it's learning how to love others from our approval Mm. rather than for their approval. I love that. Say that again. Say that again. Um, it's loving people from our approval. From our approval, uh, from Christ. From Christ, rather than for the approval of the people around us. Rather than giving them approval to meet a need that maybe right. they should be getting from God. I love exactly. that. So, so like if you're freed from the unhealthy notion of love and approval, you're able to love other people without expecting anything in return. When you have the vertical relationship right with Christ, knowing you are loved and approved, it changes everything in terms of how you love the other people around you. You're not trying to get their applause or their approval. Um, you're just able to love others without expecting anything in return. Mm. And, we, you know, we love because he first loved us. Well, and sometimes I think that it's not until my expectation isn't met that I realize I even had an expectation. Mm-hmm. I-, I think... The feeling comes when I'm disappointed by something not happening or maybe somebody's reaction toward me not being how I imagined it would have been, or I didn't get the friendly response that I was expecting or, you know, go down the list. It could be a myriad of things, but sometimes I'm not even realizing that I've set an expectation to get approval until it doesn't get met. And then I realize, oh, well, that's making me feel bad. It's making me feel not okay. What? it becomes less about what they failed to do and more of a reflection of, wow, what is the expectation that I had put on it? What is it mm-hmm. saying about me right. more than them? Right. You know, and I've had that happen to me more frequently than I'd like to admit. <laughs> oh, I hear you daily. And you know, Jackie, once we get this figured out, once we know that we're loving from our approval and not for it, it really ought to change how we react to other people Mm -hmm. around us who are trying to get approval. So what I mean is, let's say everybody's supposed to bring something to the church potluck and you have, you know, labored over making something in the crock pot and also brought some beautiful dessert. And your friend who was supposed to bring a pie shows up with Doritos like giving her some grace. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be like, pretty. I, I, yeah, I'd be like, what? 
Teresa's <laughs> like I could have stopped by the store nice yeah. and just like pe- just giving people a break because mm-hmm. if we don't break the cycle mm-hmm. and and stop judging people for you know whatever it is and you know like how their kids act or how their mm-hmm. kids are dressed or their, you know, attitude in the carpool lane. Like if we don't start to create some safe places for people, then they're going to continue to hold up a facade to try to just feel like they belong. And, and it feels enough. the performance. It just yes. fuels it. It just it makes it like an it. inferno. Yeah. Right. Well, and they might not even know that they've been set up to fail because our mind is escalating to such a degree. I mean, come on, if she brings Doritos to the potluck, I'm thinking what? You didn't even care enough about the potluck? You didn't care enough about your commitment? Like, But the thing is, if I'm escalating like that in my own mind, I'm making it all about how I didn't get thanked. I didn't get um, approved for all my hard work. And it, it begs the motivation of why I did what I did. Right? So it really says more about our own heart when we get frustrated and upset with the other person not performing as we thought they should. Right. And And it all comes back to dying to like that self-forgetfulness that you're talking about, which is throughout scripture, what, what Jesus calls us to do, you know, take up your cross and follow me. You know, whoever is the least becomes the greatest, whoever, you know, humble yourself before God and he will lift you up. And it's just a message that's happening in our mind that we're telling ourselves that leads to these feelings of animosity. And I think it's important to really look at the feelings that we're having and be honest with ourselves and say, what is this all about? Because it could be possible it has nothing to do with the Doritos, because who knows what kind of day she (laughs) maybe had, right? Unless we walked in her shoes. I mean, who knows? Maybe her parent was just diagnosed with cancer and she was just dealing with the hospital. You just never know what people are dealing with. And we're caught up in our own little need to get you know, feel like it's fair and like we did a good job. And really, it's something we need to hold a mirror to our own hearts and go, God, really, you need to do some surgery here because I am in need of getting fixed by you. And that only happens by spending time with him and getting his perspective from his word. You know, um, it's just so so important. I love all your tips. So let's transition as parents because I, you have two girls. Mm -hmm. I have, my oldest girl is 12. So that is coming into that teen stretch that is so, you know, it can be so hard to be a teen girl. I wouldn't go back to being a teen girl if you paid me. (laughs) And I'm wondering not only for girls and boys, but what, what are some practical steps we can take other than modeling this ourselves and giving grace to them? to help our, what can we do to help our kids, you know, not fall victim to this? Is there any ways we can empower them for this to be less of a struggle for them to help them find their identity in Christ? Um, I know they're going to struggle because they're human beings too, and this is a universal human issue, but I'm just wondering in your wisdom and experience of as you've wrestled this out, what can we do for our kids? Yeah, this was a huge impetus for the book um, because I really had to do some asking of myself, like what are the girls seeing in themselves and um, what are they getting as um, an expectation from us as parents? Um, And we got a wake up, I got a wake up call very loudly during Thanksgiving several years ago. I found 
one of the girls um, crying in the corner of a bedroom and she had drawn this self-portrait and she labeled the parts, boring brown hair, stupid glasses, dumb freckles, bad teeth. And she had scrawled this one word over the top of it that said ugly. And my daughter is beautiful. And, and she says, I, she's saying, to, she always says, when you just say it, every mom says their kid is beautiful, but she, <laughs> which is true, but she's also beautiful. Okay. But I sat, I sat on the floor next to her and held her for a really long time, mm-hmm. just of us crying. And mm-hmm. I vowed that I would provide a firm foundation for my girls to know that a woman's identity is found in Christ alone. But Um, I knew that I had to live that truth out. And I think really, Jackie, the biggest thing is to model the right answer to these questions that are in Galatians 1 that say, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so um, the biggest thing as parents that we really can do is honestly to live out our identity in Christ and to have our kids see it. We can teach our kids all kinds of things with our words, but as they say, lessons are often caught, not Not taught. taught, Right. Yes. So, um, you know, what do they, do they see me using, um, the Amaro filter on my Instagram to make myself look five years younger? (laughs) Do they see me running from the camera when I don't think that I look especially good? Mm -hmm. Um, Do they see me um, not answering God's call on my life to, for instance, lead a Bible study or even pray out loud because I'm afraid I'm going to sound stupid or I'm not good enough? Do they see me like actually pushing aside the call of God because I'm afraid of what people will think? Mm or not doing the right thing because I'm afraid of what people will think. They pick up more than we could ever know. Yeah. And so really, I, I, I believe with all my heart that the first thing that we can do is to live it, live our identity of Christ, live pre-approved. And then the next thing is um, to, to do all those things that we do for ourselves. When we wake up and remind ourselves what God says about us, we do the same things with our kids. Mm. This is what God says about you. Help them to risk doing things, um, risk a subpar performance. And for my my perfectionist child, I have one perfectionist child and one that's more laid back. Mm-hmm. And so my perfectionist child, one of the things that I actually do with her is I dare her to get bees. Mm. When she really <laughs> wound up about stuff and she's worried that she's not going to get an A plus on a math test or whatever, I dare her to get a B. And, and that is one way to just sort of get over that performance-based approval seeking that a lot of us feel, you know, like, I want you, I want you to see kiddo that you, if you get a B, you're still going to survive and it's okay. And, you know, to encourage the kids to try things that they want to do. I've got, uh, I've got one of my kids isn't really all that athletic, but she really wants to try certain sports. And so I encourage, we encourage them to do that. And then, um, we try with our bot, my husband and I try with our body language too, to not, um, you know, give off signals that there are kids are unapproved if they've right. done things that are, you know, maybe sort of subpar, like even just cleaning their rooms or whatever that, that, you know, we don't, we don't want this to be an excuse to be a slacker. We really believe right. in being pre-approved is not like the badge of, okay, now it's okay to be a slacker and like not care about how you look or whatever. That's not it at all. Right. I believe strongly that we are called to excellence and yes. that we are called to take care of our bodies and to do well in school 
and to, you know, take care of our homes and our, our businesses. And, and but it's the kids. reason why we do it that matters. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, but that we, that if we don't, you know, that sometimes the C is good enough. If that's what, if you gave it all you could and you were obedient to what God called you to and you got a C or if all of your Amazons were like three stars, that's good enough because Mm -hmm. it's God's. Well, the results are his. That's right. Yeah. Surrendering that to him. So I think, you know, just trying to teach that, but do we struggle with that, Jackie, even in a (laughs) where the mother wrote the book called Love Idol? Do our kids struggle with it? Yes. Is it something we have to battle every day? Yes. Uh, we're very attentive to it and um, just try to do our best to help the girls understand who they are in Christ. Well, the fact that you struggle with it, that it is your mud story, makes it so much more impactful to hear the message from you because I think showing our faults and failures and our messy selves to others is a way to, number one, inspire them to encourage that they're not alone. And you write in your book, the church has done a decent job welcoming sinners, but frowns when we don't get better quickly or when we fail. Even the most faithful churchgoers hide their faults, which sadly contributes to our approval-seeking tendencies. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, we're all sinners in those pews, but if we're not willing to show our messy sides, why should anyone else? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is why I think this Love Idol message is so impactful, particularly coming from you, because it's something that you've lived and it's something you continue to live. And and we can be in the middle of a mess and still be okay. God calls us approved and chosen and beautiful, even as we struggle through and he promises to be with us. And what I'm hearing you say is all those tips that you gave for us as followers of Christ to really seek to kill the approval seeking tendencies of our own hearts, you know, cheerleading others and, you know, trying something subpar and really preaching gospel to ourselves and who we are, what his word says we are. You're saying we can do those things over our kids, with our kids, encourage them to grow into those habits of really attacking that approval seeking tendency as well as, of course, modeling it for sure. But I love that you're that you're saying you are still living it out and struggling through it because it wouldn't really be real if you claimed you were over it. <laughs> right. I mean, man, scripture is filled with with this challenge and and scriptures to help us fight this challenge. It is something that I may fight until I take my last breath on mm-hmm. earth, but I am willing for the glory of God to fight this fight and to not, you know, if I continue to write more books or more blog posts, or as the, the children grow older, that approval would of, of God would always reign supreme mm-hmm. over this world that just demands for us to seek the approval of culture. And, you know, if I could just share one actual, actual mud, a little mud story with yes, you. Yes, I'd love that. Close. Yes. Um, as you know, uh, our family has flown to Haiti a number of times and visited down there and done some mission work down there. And um, during one trip, um, we made this startling discovery in a village. And I'd heard about this, but I'd never seen it. And what it was, was a local woman had mixed dirt with oil. And um, she pressed the mixture into these tiny little discs, and they looked like cookies. And what they were were mud pies. 
And um, after those discs are dried into like this hard mud cake, they would, they're eaten by people. Mm. And um, that is not a bizarre Haitian delicacy. Um, people in Haiti eat those mud pies because it gives their starving bodies a false sense of satisfaction. It puts something in their stomach. Um, but obviously, you know, the mud pies don't fill, they don't do anything for the body. They just mask real hunger. Okay. Mm. And so I took a picture of those mud pies. And when I first looked at them, when I got back home, I saw this depressing truth about world hunger, of course, and about poverty. But later I looked at the mud pies again, and these mud pies to me have become a metaphor Mm. for the life of any Christian who has ever looked to someone or, or something other than God for fulfillment. We can go a whole lifetime eating mud pies, thinking that the approval, the, that significance, that, that fame, that being known, that all of those things um, can fill us. And, and I have eaten a lot of mud pies <laughs> before I ever tried the bread of life. And yes. now I want more bread and less mud. <laughs> yes. I want more life and I want the love for which my hunger was created because there's nothing wrong with having that hunger for love and approval. But let's just continue to work all the days of our lives on filling that need with God's love. Well, and Jesus is the bread of life and he gives living water. He is the source Absolutely. that we need and he is what satisfies. He is what ultimately satisfies and mm. getting more of him. I love what um, Ann Voskamp says. She says, I can always have as much of Jesus as I want. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that because even when I'm alone in my house and I'm overwhelmed with my homeschooling adventures or I'm taking care of a patient that's difficult at the hospital or wherever it is, I know that wherever I am, I can just call myself and I know that I can have as much Jesus as I want. And it's up to me. I can go to him and I can know. Um, and um, I think it's something for us all to remember, like you yeah. said, because he is he is what ultimately satisfies. And there's so many people in the world who are starving to death, eating mud pies, thinking, chasing, you know, different shapes of mud pies and wishing that they could find that satisfaction in life. And, you know, Jesus lives in us and we are the light of the world. And so I think part of slaying these love approval tendencies is as we get out of ourselves and we kill through some of these, you know, techniques that and ideas that you've presented today it's sort of like a natural recipe to begin to love like Jesus loves because yeah. when we when we start grasping what he's done for us and we start serving out of a thankfulness for what he's done and to make his name known instead of to get other people's approval and feel okay from them we surrender those needs and Instead, we get this overflowing desire to love in his name, and it gets us out of our own selves and our own propensity towards eating mud pies, right? Right, yes. And gets us, um, we fill up with him so we can overflow to a hungry, hungry world. So um, thank you Mm -hmm. so much for joining me today. You've ministered to me personally Again, in deep ways. Every time I spend time with you, I'm just, I just feel more close to Christ and how I need to be centered in 
all of that that God has done in loving us first. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, tell us where to find you, where to find your book, and any other resources you would recommend. Sure. Um, my blog first is um, jenniferdukeslee.com. And um, if you click on the Love Idol tab on my blog, you will get to some interesting resources that I think your listeners might enjoy. Um, there are these pre-approved printables. And uh, women um, all over the United States and Canada, too, have been um, printing these out and putting them in places where the Love Idol lurks. So maybe it's their computer um, or their refrigerator, their bathroom scale, their mirror, the front door of their home just anywhere where they're feeling like not quite enough or wondering mm -hmm. what are people going to think. And that little printable is a reminder that I am pre-approved in this area, that I have nothing to prove, that in Christ I'm already approved. Mm -hmm. So if they scroll down, they'll find those. Um, I'd also love to connect with people on Twitter. And my Twitter handle is Dukes Lee. That's also the same for Instagram. And if your listeners do end up... Um, Using those um, printables, I'd love if they would use the hashtag pre-approved. Okay. And we would really love to feature them on the Love Idol Movement page on Facebook. That's been a real joy to be able to share the, the places where people are experiencing freedom in their pre-approval. And it's such a beautiful community because we know we're all together in it. We're not alone. And right. um, we're going to fight and slay the Love Idol together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jennifer, well, thank you again. I can't, um, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you. And each time I revisit this message, you know, I, I preach this message to myself periodically, you don't even know that mm -hmm. I'm that I'm doing it over here in my world in California. But um, I sometimes have the need, surprisingly, to mm. uh, march up to my room alone and give myself the pre approved lecture. That's and, uh, great. Yep. And uh, I love it. <laughs> it includes talking to God and wrestling things out, often many tears sometimes. But, you know, it's something that's so good. And it's like, it's kind of like exercise. You dread doing it and you're not good at it. But once you do, you feel amazing. So that's right. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for being faithful to write this message, to uh, show us what it looks like to struggle living it out and to encourage us along the way. I'm so very thankful for you. I'm thankful for you as well. Okay. It's been great having you on the journey. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. And pre-approved we are, each and every one of us, all because of Christ. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you to all of you who have come over from Jennifer's blog today. Jennifer hosted my words over on her site today as a guest post, and what a privilege to share my thoughts over there with you all. And so thank you for coming over and hearing uh, our conversation together with Jennifer, and I hope that it was inspiring and encouraging to your heart for in those moments when you feel like you're not enough to just pause and reflect, use some of the tools and tips that Jennifer provided, and remember... You are more than enough. You're already pre-approved because of Christ. As usual, you can find the show notes and all the links mentioned over at mudstories.com, or you can also go to jackiewatkins.com forward slash episode 14. And over there, you can find all the links to Jennifer's website, her book, and all the pre-approved resources she mentioned. I also wanted to take a few minutes to read to you guys a couple of iTunes reviews. It just helps so much that some of you 
have gone over there and written such encouraging words to me. I read each and every one of them, and they just keep me going and inspired to keep creating these interviews for you and these mud stories to share. And so M.E. Anders 333 writes, This podcast has been very uplifting as so many of us go through the mud right now. There is a purpose and a light at the end. Thanks for your honesty and for those of your guests. It really reaches our hearts in the storm. And then Melanie Montana says, If you are a woman, you need to hear this. I wish I would have heard this as a younger woman. Almost every episode touches me in some way. So good. Love, love, love it. Thanks, Jackie. And thanks, Melanie, for your kind words. And, and you know, if you're a woman, yes, I want you to hear it. And you know what? If you're a guy, I want you to hear it, too. You know, I'm working at gathering some guys to come and talk to me here at Mud Stories. So uh, hopefully that'll work out in the near future. And we'll hear from some guys about their Mud Stories, too. Because I know there's some of you out there who are guys who listen. And so thank you. And then uh, Amy J. Bennett says, great podcast. Listening to this is almost like having a bit of therapy each week. I feel that way too, Amy. (laughs) I'm so encouraged by how God has worked in each of these lives. Jackie does a great job of asking the right questions without it feeling like an interview. She leaves room for people to simply tell their story. It's captivating and one of my favorite podcasts. Thanks so much, Amy. That is so, so sweet of you to just write such beautiful words of encouragement to me. And I really, really do appreciate it. You know, leaving a rating or review over on iTunes helps so much for others to be able to find this podcast and to be able to hear these mud stories and be encouraged too. So if you have even a small moment, if you can head over to iTunes, I think you can get there through the app on your phone too, if you have an iPhone. And uh, you just... Log into your iTunes account and leave a little rating or review. Even just one small sentence would just do so much to help others find us. And don't forget, please, if you would, share this podcast with just one friend. Maybe they've struggled with feeling not enough. And Jennifer's words today are the words that they need to hear to boost and encourage their hearts. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing it with a friend, that would mean so much to me. Again, thank you so much for listening. I know there are so many things you could be doing today. I know we're all so busy. And yet, you chose to be here with me listening to this podcast. And I'm just so thankful. I know some of you have written to me and said that I'm your accompaniment as you drive in the car or as you're doing your household chores. And I just count it such a privilege to be able to hang out with you. Even though I can't hear you talking back to me, I still count it a privilege to be able to spend time with you. And so know from me to you, wherever you are in the mud of today, I am with you. God is with us. And there is always hope. He leaves nothing unredeemed. So today, no matter what we're facing, no matter where we've been or what lies ahead, may we all find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day. Never ending marble feels a press upon my mind I pull the shame that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see You 
strong arm reaches to me. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place Feels a press upon my mind, a pull of shame that leaves me a little bit blind. I cannot see beyond the blame, and I never will find a way out. And then I feel you next to me. You lift my head to see. Your strong arm reaches to me. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me off with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place. You overwhelm my broken thoughts and you mend my lost and damaged heart. I find myself where I belong in your safe a grateful song to sing, a grateful song.